Oh, I put this. Where did I put that video? Video. Um, Kevin. Kevin. Huh? Where is part three of the story of Matt and Pat? Right over here. Yeah, it's. Yeah, I don't get it. Go anywhere. What? Get it over there. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I can never understand him. Just it. It's in a box, cardboard box out there, down there somewhere. This one right here. Please hurry up. Yep, just slide it over here. Hmm. Yes. No, 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 no. Oh, that, no, that's not even Matt and Pat. Those Wait. are all stories about Wait. Bigfoot. What? What? Oh. Just go down there. There's a box labeled Matt and Pat. Bring it back up here. It's not labeled Bigfoot. It's not labeled werewolves. It's not labeled paranormal. It's labeled Matt and Pat. Oh, I'm very sorry about this. Did you find it yet? Right here. Oh, finally, okay. Yes, here it is. Oh, oh, let me see here. Da, 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 da. Oh, yes, part three. No, where they rent the film, room 936. But anyway, here, here you go. Just remember, please return it in a few days, and of course, be kind and rewind. Enjoy. friend Phil and I, we've been dreaming pretty much our whole life to travel cross-country to California. And we finally decided to pull the trigger. And we at last made it to our final destination and our dream hotel in Los Angeles, California. Dude, I can't believe we are here. Right? Look at this place. Hello. We would like to check in, please. Uh, it's two under the last name Stanley. Oh, you'll be on the ninth floor. Room 936. Okay, thanks. Did you notice how he said our room number? Yeah, I was going to say something. A little strange, like he was concerned. Yeah, weird.
After a maze of hallways, we find room 936 and immediately go to bed. It was about 3 a.m. when I first heard it. It was quiet at first, so I figured it was the hotel settling in on itself. And I looked across the room and Phil is in his bed, snoring away. So I turned back over to try to fall back asleep. But that's when things got worse. The tapping turned into footsteps and a child laughing in the hallway. Not all that odd for a hotel, but then again, it was 3 a.m. A loud knock at the door happened, and this time it woke both of us up. The kid laughter and footsteps whizzed by our door and down the hallway. We laughed it off at first, recalling how we used to do the same thing growing up. Phil would randomly do it to get a rise out of me as we were walking down the hallway. <laughs> he would knock as loud as he could, and we would book it down the hallway, cracking up. And the room was pitch black except for the hallway light shining through the crack of the door. Did you see that? Yeah, it's the shadow of the kid running up and down the hallway. This is getting a little ridiculous. Who lets their kid run up and down the halls at 3 a.m.? I'm going to go check it out. What the hell? What? There's no one here. The rest of the hallway may have been a maze, but where we were was a straight long hallway, no corner to hide in, and there was no way this kid snuck into a room that quickly with no sound. Suddenly the bathroom lights start to flicker, and I'm knocked to the ground. The door slams and the room goes pitch black, including the light that was peeking through from the hallway. What the hell had just happened? The sound of someone jumping from bed to bed, singing, starts to fill the room. No more monkeys jumping on the bed. No more monkeys jumping on the bed. I turn the flashlight on my phone and I catch a glimpse of the figure as it leaps from one bed to the next. Phil now moved to the corner chair while I'm still by the door. Then everything stopped. Dude, open the door! I can't! It won't open! No more monkeys jumping on the bed. No more monkeys jumping on the bed. The bed ignites into flames. I get a glimpse of him right in front of me. A dark figure. But his face, it's... It's just a void. He has no face. He stares at me with his empty void. Hand reached out. Phil darts past me and manages to get the door open. Come on, dude. Let's get the hell out of here. We both fall to the ground and look back at the door. What the hell? Where did the room go? It's just a closet door. I, I don't know, man. Let's get out of here. We head to the front desk in disbelief. We try to tell our story, but before we could even speak, the front desk staff member that checked us in speaks up. I'm so sorry. I'm new here. I was questioning what room I gave you, so I went to the back to ask the manager. I thought our ninth floor ended at 9.35, but turns out I was right. It was an old room map. Wait, you don't have a room 9.36 anymore? 
No, not anymore. About ten years ago, there was a fire in room 936. My manager was there that night. He was on the phone with, with the mom right before it happened. A bunch of hotel guests were complaining because the kid in room 936 wouldn't stop running up and down the halls. Then she had to call the guest again because the kid was jumping from bed to bed singing, you know, that nursery rhyme, no more monkeys jumping on the bed. It wouldn't have been a big problem, you know, kids are kids, you know? Except it was three in the morning. They were traveling all, the, all through the night and got there super late. They were having trouble getting their kids to sleep. Well, story goes, the kid knocked over the mom's cigarettes while she was on the phone. Didn't notice, and it caught the bed on fire, which then it hit the outlet and ignited the whole room up. The room was destroyed and has since been turned into a closet for housekeeping. So, how's it going, Pat? I'm good, man. How you doing, man? I'm I'm good. How was your Halloween? It was quiet. Yeah. Yeah. Just you what? know, watching watching the tape we got. Yes, I know we got some. Uh, or we got an awesome tape this time, didn't we? Oh my! Yes, <laughs> it was quite quite. Um, yeah, it put a knot in my stomach, to yeah. say the least. I know. I was nuts. I mean, the ending was, like, crazy. <laughs> I love that, like, twist ending there, how, like, yeah, the place did exist, but it was burnt down, and how they basically experienced the events that happened that, that killed night. the family. Yeah. Yeah. And they say that. You know, in the paranormal community, that that's a thing. Like things get stuck on loops, and that's almost kind of seems like that's what happened there. It was like a moment in time that got stuck, gets <sighs> stuck on a loop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like um, they're called echoes. Yeah, echoes. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's it's almost what that kind of reminded me of. Creepy, but what's, what it also reminded me of. So we the reason we rented that particular tape is because our episode this week, we want to do um, uh, have a conversation based on haunted hotels in America. And yeah. (laughs) And we found a couple of hotels that we are kind of focusing in on versus the, the Biltmore hotel. And then Pat, what was the hotel that you found that you want to talk about? The Crescent hotel. Crescent hotel. All right. So the first we're going to talk about is the Biltmore Hotel. And these haunted hotels kind of hits home for me and Pat because both me and Pat, we worked at the Hollywood Tower Hotel, the Tower of Terror in Walt Disney World for a little bit. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. So we both (laughs) have that in common. So we loved our time working there and still love the attraction. Fun ride, fun story and all of that. So, yeah. So this hotel, actually, the Biltmore Hotel, it was actually um, 
Tower of Terror is actually inspired by this hotel. A lot of the design, too. If you look at the lobby, mm-hmm. it's like spot on the Hollywood Tower Hotel. It's spot on like Tower of Terror. It's like crazy. If you look at the pictures of this place or go to the place, like, oh, okay. I completely see where they got this <laughs> yeah, it's, um, inspiration. It's like, <laughs> it's like as soon as you walk into the lobby or like you see the lobby picture that's posted out there of that hotel. And then, mm-hmm. you know, you remember walking into, you know, the one at uh, Disney World. You, you're like, oh, my God. It's like a <laughs> miniature version of it. Yeah, it's crazy. It's cool. And so they, you know, obviously did a really good job replicating that and intertwining it into their story. Okay, so anyway, the uh, Millennium Biltmore Hotel was built in 1926. Through its 95-year history, it has been a place of many historical events. The hotel actually served as the first ever venue for the Academy Awards. In 1927, the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences was born at a gathering in the hotel's crystal ballroom. And legend has it is that the MGM's great production designer, Cedric Gibbons, even sketched the first Oscar statue on one of the hotel women's napkins. Do they have it hanging up somewhere? That I don't know, but that is pretty cool. So the Oscar ceremony would be held here after a couple of years at the Roosevelt 1929 and the Ambassador 1930 hotels, the Academy Awards came to the Biltmore. It took place in the Biltmore Bowl, a ballroom that was added to the original hotel in 1928 and its grandest, approximately a third wider and longer than the others and can hold some 1,000 guests. The Oscars would return in 1935 to 1939 and then 1941 to 1942. It saw a number of stars step through its doors, including Clark Gable, Spencer Tracy, Jim Stewart, and Gary Cooper. They all won their Oscars there. Joan Fontaine, Ginger Rogers, and Claudette Colbert. Colbert. You know that uh, picture of... You ever see that picture of Walt Disney standing with Shirley Temple and they're giving him a uh, honorary Academy Award for Seven Dwarves and or Snow White and Seven Dwarves and it's a big Oscar and then there's seven little Oscars right next to it I don't think I've ever seen that yeah it's kind of a cool picture um, but yeah so that was actually given out at the Biltmore Hotel so obviously a lot of star power went through you know in early hollywood went through the biltmore hotel so the pinnacle of hollywood at that time and still kind of is you know it is um considered a historical site now because of all of that it also also has been the site for many famous films including ghostbusters yeah the biltmore serves as the hotel which slimer famously haunted was also the ballroom was also used in the film when they kind of destroy the whole ballroom. You know that scene like is probably one of the first scenes where they're all together um, busting ghosts. Right. Okay. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yep. When he's like when he first tells them don't cross the streams. That yeah. one. <laughs> uh, that was actually uh, in the Biltmore. So, also you're gonna love this too. The not only was the it filmed you know. There was quite a few films there throughout the years. TV shows, films, uh, other films, just to name a couple, like Fight Club and Wedding Crashers were also filmed. Oh, what? Two of my favorites. I know. I know that the um, 
the Senate ball was in the Wedding Crashers where he gets beat up outside. Yes. Yes, that is outside the Biltmore Hotel. Oh, that is the Fight Club one. That makes sense. Because that's yeah, the same alleyway. Yep, same okay. with the, yep, same with Fight Club. Yep, yep exactly. Okay, I got yep. you. Yep. Huh. <laughs> that's kind of cool, right? Yeah, that's awesome. So, yeah, it's, it's obviously been used as a backdrop. So, it's very, it's obviously deserves to be a historical site. And other than the Academy Awards in the 1940s, saw the hotel playing a patriotic role when it housed servicemen during World War II. And then the 1950s brought guests back who wanted to celebrate in style. And following uh, decades, and the following decade saw the beginning of Camelot at the hotel with John F. Kennedy and the 1960 Democratic National Convention. So they actually held JFK's first net uh, National Democratic Convention there as well. So clearly, it is very historical. Yeah, a lot of activity there. Yes, a lot of activity, and without a lot of activity comes a lot of haunting and paranormal as well. And there's a lot of events associated with death there. The most famous ghost is probably that of Elizabeth Short, also known as the Black Dahlia. It is believed that this is the last place she was seen before she was brutally murdered. Her case is actually unsolved to this day and is easily one of the most well-known unsolved murders cases in American history. Many reports of a lady with dark hair wearing a black dress in 1940 fashion have been made at the hotel. She is usually seen on the 10th and 11th floors roaming through the lobby or riding the elevator to floor 6 before disappearing into thin air or walking throughout a wall. Like, wait, like mid-elevator, she would just like, bye. <laughs> I think the door's open and she disappears. Dude, I would lose my shit. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's actually one account, one man claims, <laughs> I know, same here, but one man claims to have rode the elevator with the lady in black, only to see her disappear when they reached level six. He was shocked to pick up a true crime book in a store a few days later only to recognize the ghost from the elevator as Elizabeth Short, a.k.a. the Black Dahlia. Jeez. <laughs> and I don't know if you know much about the Black Dahlia, but her murder was very, very brutal. I won't go into too many details about it because it's pretty gruesome. But yeah, if you want to look it up outside of this, um, it, it's crazy because it is still a unsolved case i think they've recently um from what i've heard like opened things back up here and there but yeah there's theories and all of that out there but yeah it's one of those unsolved things so she's definitely one of the most intriguing ghosts that would be there um i know there are other haunts there so i guess on the roof there's a kid in um that has no face kind of like the story we watched the film we watched um the kid with no face uh, yeah that's why it reminded me of this hotel so apparently up on the roof for in that area there there have been uh sightings of a kid with no face so with the boy with no face um there was actually a story about a guy who came to fix the air conditioners and he had to go on the rooftop Mm -hmm. And apparently he ended up uh, seeing the boy with no face and literally left the building screaming 
and just like <laughs> left the job. So they had to find another maintenance com- company because he would not come back. Was he like, so like, does it say he was screaming, like running out screaming? Or yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He just like, he was like, I'm done. I'm out. Screaming out. He's like, I'm done. I'm out of here. I, I hear, um, or when I heard it first, when you said it, I was like, he just like walking down the stairs ah! <laughs> through the hallways and oh my gosh it just oh made God. me laugh <laughs> there's also apparently a nurse ghost on the second floor and then a cr- creepy little girl ghost on the ninth floor but what's interesting is um, there is a uh, I guess story goes uh, that the other side of the Biltmore was once a cemetery Mm, I guess that'll do it. Yeah, yep. So I don't know if there's anything behind that. Many guests have reported hearing distorted childish giggles, but the 10th and 11th floors are reported to be the most haunted floors. And think it'd the be president, the 13th. <laughs> yeah, right. But then there's the presidential suite, a two-story lavish suite on the 10th floor. is said to be the most haunted room in the entire hotel. This is the room where the alcohol was hidden during the Prohibition era by famous gangsters like Al Capone and Al Bugsy Se- and Bugsy Siegel. Bugsy. <laughs> <But> yeah. <laughs> anyway, you want to start talking about yours? So the Crescent Hotel and Spa in Eureka Springs, Arkansas. Almost said Arkansas. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a... Um, so it was, a, I believe, built in 1886. And, you know, so it's been around for quite a while. <laughs> um, and, I mean, it's, it's had its haunts and everything. The biggest thing with it is there was, like, a... <laughs> Uh, a self-proclaimed doctor, so to speak. Um, his name Self- was Norman Baker. Self-proclaimed. <laughs> yeah, so he wasn't like actually a doctor. One of the things that I read it was said, he's not a doctor, he's a charlatan. <laughs> I believe oh, that's how you say it, right? Oh, yeah, that, that's okay. how you say it. You're saying it right. Um, so yeah, it just means he's saying he's something, but it's false. Right. And everyone knows it's false. Um, he claimed that, you know, he can cure cancer without doing, like, the typical treatments of, like, radiation or chemo, stuff like that. Um, it was, like, uh, it was called it was called Formula 5, and it was, like, I guess a mixture of alcohol, glycerol, carbonic acid, ground watermelon seed, corn silk and clover leaves sounds like it'll do the trick <laughs> and yeah it's a cure-all it's like the oh, um, yeah. cure something <laughs> it's like the penicillin of the day um <laughs> <laughs> well his version of the pen- penicillin you know what i mean <laughs> um i don't i don't think it worked as well but yeah anyway go ahead and uh, so it just, he injected it in the infected area, I guess, or areas, you'd say. And then he would be like, you know, he'd be like, bop, 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 it's all cured, you're good. <laughs> well, actually, after like several. I like to picture that he actually did it like that, too. <laughs> and he actually sounded like that. Um, 
so it would be up to several times a day, but um, yeah, basically, yeah. What I said, like, dip, 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 done. You're good, good to go. Um, from what I saw, I, I couldn't tell if it was like less than going to like a normal treatment um, or not, like, you know, going to like a regular hospital, getting the treatments, if it would cost less to go. So was this him. place, this place was a hospital at the time? Yeah, well, yeah, he, uh, it was during the, actually, it was during the Great Depression that he okay. took it over and made it, it a, a hospital. And Got it. Did it start out as a hotel? Yeah. So it okay. started off like as a hotel, closed down, but then he came and took it over during the Great Depression. Okay. So um, that go back into what I was saying with the treatments and stuff. I wasn't sure if it was the same expense or not as like going to a regular hospital and if it wasn't is if it was cheaper to go to uh norman then i could understand because during the depression people want to save money and not spend more sure, sure but i mean i guess you know you gotta make sure if it's too good to be true it probably is kind of thing you know what i mean <laughs> um wonder what the success rate was <laughs> Zero percent. <laughs> 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 yeah, that, but it's it's messed up because he was giving people the false hopes, you know? I mean, yeah, that, they, no, these that people really wanted is. to, you know, enjoy their life and live to, the for, you know, live to the fullest. I mean, both me and you have experiences with this affecting our lives. So, right. you know, it's very... Um, unnerving when you hear something like that was going on you know and but there was another part i found that said that he was very flashy about whatever money he did make with it so maybe it was about the same as just getting a normal treatment i don't know maybe people just thought it would be easier because it was uh just a couple pricks you know a couple times a day and then you're done now i mean you got to think of the time and the uh I mean, <laughs> their their research back then, and yeah, you know the hope that people would have have had with that. So you know, maybe <laughs> if he like like you said, if he had enough money to just kind of advertise it and make it look like it was a legitimate practice, right? So that's really sad. That's awful. Yep. So uh, what what about the haunts? What happens after that? There was the first one is Michael, and he was like uh, the stone worker for the foundation of the um, hotel. And he fell to his death during the hotel's construction. And so, and then now I guess he haunts a specific room, but he doesn't, it's not necessarily menacing depending on how you look at it. I guess he romances guests in room 218. So I don't, you leave that to your imagination as to what that mm, that's means. That's kind of creepy, man. <laughs> like, what the? Come on, man. It's like, I was just trying to sleep here. Like, what? yeah, like, that's that's just not right, dude. Just float, float away from me. Float you, you, away. Gotta, you gotta spend your afterlife like that, being a creeper. Come on, man. He's, he's catcalling you from like the, uh, the other side of the room. 
Like, come on, dude. <laughs> wow. Uh, and then another one. Looks like the name is Breaky. I think that's what it is. Breaky. Breaky. Pretty sure. Um, it's a four-year-old boy, and uh, this one was taken up by illness. Mm. And yeah, that's not good. But uh, he plays in the hallway. He likes to photo bomb and <laughs> stuff just like that. Fun. So yeah, having fun like a little kid, you know, just chill, like doing what a little kid would do forever, I guess. Yeah, I'd be like, yo, dude. Yeah, I'd be like, get in this picture, man. Yeah. <laughs> what up, dude? It'd be fun. I'd haunt with him. I'd be like, let's do this, kid. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's scare the hell out of people. <laughs> Ding dong. Er, <laughs> yeah, run down. I, yeah, just like that, just like, yeah, just like that. Uh, just like, just like the, film. The, yeah. the film. Yeah. The, um... I'd run up and down the hallways with him. I was like, let's do this, dude. <laughs> Except he could just disappear through a wall. You have to run down the hallway. <laughs> right? Like, that sounds scary. Just some kid having fun. That's great. Um, let's see. What other ones were there? There was uh, Theodora. She's 80 years old. And she's still trying to find her key in front of room 419. Aww. So if you see an old lady trying to get her way in there, give her a hand. Oh. These ghosts sound delightful. <laughs> These ghosts don't, don't sound creepy. When you said the most haunted hotel in America, I was like, ooh, this is going to be creepy. But these ghosts sound absolutely delightful. I will help you, Theodora. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, you could, like, saying haunting, you just, I guess, automatically yeah. think negative. Correct. Yeah, but it could be, necessary. I mean, oh, yeah. it could be Casper. It's just a kind of ton of gaspers right. everywhere right yeah that's what i'm saying like he sounds like ghosts that i would just want to hang out with like i'm gonna help this lady find her key because who wants to be stuck in a loop just looking for their room key she just wants some rest and then i'm gonna play with that kid in the hall <laughs> playing ding dong ditch knock knock zoom zoom knock knock zoom zoom that's what it was yeah there you go knock knock zoom zoom <clears throat> yeah and then the only other one that does, the one that doesn't sound delightful is the creeper in the corner of the room, but you know, <laughs> that's all right. uh, just waking up. Oh Jesus, Michael! <laughs> <laughs> what are you? Get out of here! Put your pants back on, freaking weirdo! <laughs> <laughs> There's a bellhop that's an obsessive compulsive packer of guest suitcases when he gets angry. So that's, I guess, helpful, but kind of scary. So, like, he... <laughs> so, like, if I had my shirt on the ground, he would just pick it up and fold it. And put and it, in put it into my suitcase. Yeah, if you if you pissed him off. If I piss him off. I don't want to piss him off, but, like, if I was going to be haunted by someone, like, it'd be great. Right? But who gets... Who, clean it up? Who, <laughs> I'm so angry, I'm going to pack this suitcase. Oh, I'm gonna put these shirts and socks away. Oh, oh, I'll show you. I'll show you. I'm gonna fold this up nicely. <laughs> Your suitcase is gonna be so organized. <laughs> oh, you'll rule I'm the day to... when you see the organization of this suitcase. <laughs> uh, I 
and then um let's see there's also i guess a nurse that likes to push a gurney for eternity on the third floor push a gurney yeah it's just a well one of the nurses because it's like uh mm-hmm. must have been during the uh norman baker time she, she just pushes a gurney what yeah. a loop to be stuck on right stuck at work and i wonder if it just like goes like around like she gets to the end and then comes like back do you and think just, like, like you know if these type of things are real do you think like that person is literally stuck on a loop or is it just like an echo of that time but like this person can exist in multiple different places and experiencing multiple different things it's interesting. I think the echo itself repeating, I don't think it can I think it's in that that moment and can't acknowledge or be aware of anything else, if that makes sense. I mean it's kind of weird to think about. Yeah. Because you'd think that even if it's Or is it like that there, person reliving a moment? You know what I mean? Like maybe it's like that entity that that person that person's memory is just reliving a moment in their afterlife oh it's interesting it's like um i don't want to like compare it to it's like a yeah it's just something like just like burnt into history it's like um, yeah, I see what you mean. Like, yeah, it's, a cigarette burn in like the old films. It's like right. It's, it's just there, there just forever. Kinda, yeah. Just like a blip in time. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. And it makes you wonder, like, what happened in that particular moment or in that person's history that that particular thing is echoing like that. You know, if these things were actually true, or like if you believe in this, whatever. It's just an interesting thing to think about because, like, if that aspect or that concept is an interesting concept because like is it something that is so detrimental in their life so you know monumental is what i'm looking for so monumental in their life that that just was like ingrained in their memory so therefore you're seeing their memories being lived or right. being echoed yeah rejected like, uh, right mm-hmm. yeah yeah like um like they say when you're creating your memories or whatever in your head, it like etches a new like little line or whatever. Right. It's right. Like so therefore, like, you know, the brain your mem- is our your memories universe. are energy. Your memories yeah. are energy. Energy exists. Once energy exists, it exists. Right. So it, yeah, it's crazy. It's a cool concept. <laughs> yeah. But anyway. <clears throat> so the yeah, the uh, I guess the most famous one and probably the most relevant to the tape um, would be the girl in the mist. Ooh. And it said from time to time around 1030 in the moonlight, um, she will fall or fling herself from one of the east side balconies into the garden below. Oh. So doing like a Assassin's Creed swan dive, but there's no hay at the bottom. Mm-hmm. That's sad. Yeah. Um, and it said she's shrouded in mist as she falls, and 
no record about what like what why she did it or what's like there's no there's no records of anyone dying by suicide or yeah but there's many people who have seen clean or claimed to seen it and um you know obviously he's seeing the same thing i mean right i guess it could be um that collective uh sure i mean that is always the crazy thing when it's one thing when someone sees something but it's another thing when like you get multiple accounts of the same thing right like should i believe that there's multiple accounts but as you're saying is it this like collective like imagination that people are just that's it yeah you know they're just manifesting this idea of it happening Tulpa. So Tulpa. <laughs> oh yeah. Yep. For you guys that don't know Tulpa, you want to explain that? Uh, so basically, it's, um, I guess, <laughs> a story or like a creature. I guess it could be. It could be anything. So like, oh Matt, I saw a lion. But it had a like a one singular horn coming out of its head, like a unicorn, the other day. And Matt goes, "Oh no way! Like I saw one too." And then we keep passing it on to other people, and then all of a sudden, other people started seeing it. And it's the idea of everyone believing it, and then it kind of manifests, manifesting itself as in like it becomes real, or manifesting itself that it becomes real. It was there. I mean, one of my favorite shows did something on it, uh, Supernatural. Okay. And they were trying to fight this one thing, and they couldn't kill it because they didn't realize it at the time. But it was a uh, spoiler alerts, obviously. Um, <laughs> it was uh, just like a local legend, but there were so many people in that town that believed that legend that it mm. manifested itself. Got so it. then the way they beat it was they went on the main website like or whatever it was located where everyone went for their information and believed that part gotcha. and they entered oh it could be killed by a gun and then they just shot it and it was done <laughs> so like it was kind of like a lame ending on that part but right. it's kind of funny like a little because like, it is humorous that show too so it was kind of on the humorous end where interesting all yeah. we have to do is shoot it. Oh. <laughs> but those that things worked. are always interesting too. You know, I, I yeah. like that that idea. Yeah, and then just the the group mentality type thing of like, oh, I saw this, so therefore other people claim they see it too. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like people are purposely looking for it. And any little thing that they see that's what it is that's what it is that's what it is and you know i you know want to don't want to discredit people for what they see you know if they see it but those things you know that happens too mm-hmm. um but that is you know that is definitely i always find that interesting it's like multiple people see it multiple people see bigfoot multiple people see uh this ghost multiple people see that it's like so what's to believe at this point you know Mm-hmm. But yeah, so but anything else with the hotel? Um, 
still creepy. I mean, you can. I'm not sure. I don't think you could stay at it. Oh, um, really? But you can. I, there, you could take tours. Oh, okay. There's, so it's not a it's not a working hotel anymore. No, um, they still and they still have a well, obviously because the Norman Baker. Uh, there's a morgue in the basement, still. And, Is it really? Yeah. So. Yeah. Is it a, like a working morgue? No, no, no. I mean, oh. it's just yeah, just it's whatever was left. You know, it was there. it was the morgue. Yeah. Um, and there was one other part. Where did you uh, say this was located? In uh, Eureka Springs, Arkansas. Oh yes, you almost said that wrong. Yeah, again, actually. I almost kind of want to take a trip to Arkansas now. It's pretty cool. I mean, the I other thing is they found um, like containers of like things buried around the property too. What like, do you mean things? Well, like jars of like floating hands, like parts. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Gotcha. Um, that uh. One of the groundskeepers, like, uh, it doesn't say a time, but they unearthed like jars and they sent them like to labs to be um, researched to see what was in there. And um, and they were, they were body parts. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is. So more for that Norman Baker. Let's go. Crazy, crazy. And every boy. time you say Norman Baker, I think you're gonna say Norman Bates. Bates. Yeah. I, I, I always I mean, have to say like psycho, the psycho. <laughs> They're both psychos. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well that's but, a crazy story. That's mm-hmm. quite the background to that hotel or that place in general. Well, I that's, liked it because he was like in the beginning, it's just like he's trying to be like, Oh yeah, I'm a doctor. And like, no, no, you're not. You are not a doctor. You did not go to school for that. You you can't just make. You can't just say you're a doctor. Yep, I'm a doctor. Yeah, I feel that was. I'm a pilot. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go fly in a minute here. I feel like back. I feel like back in the day, it was fairly easy to get uh get away with, um, saying I'm a doctor. Yeah. Give someone cocaine and like. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Mixed with like you know, a blueberry, it's like. Oh yeah, this will cure you. You'll feel better in no time. Like, what? <laughs> no, oh my no. God. Like, uh, like those freaking people on the wagons that had like their yeah, their exactly. remedies or whatever. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. I got oh a little rattlesnake venom mixed with some cocaine, and I'll cheer you up right away. <laughs> they bring it up and then bring it down real quick. No more cancer. <laughs> like what? <laughs> All right, Pat, you got anything else about the hotel? No, I think that uh, about wraps it up for now. All right. So, oh, I forgot to ask. Did you, um, have you witnessed anything weird at all from the last episode? Um, actually, I did. What? I, I, I don't know. I mean... It's getting darker early now because, you know, it's getting into the winter time. Sure. But, uh, you know, I usually walk my dog on this, like, flood wall behind my house. Yeah. And as I was coming back 
through the way I normally take, like this little like tree path, I guess. Um, I looked back and I saw, I, I swear I saw some sort of person standing in the brush, like a little ways behind. And usually deer are over there, but it wasn't, it wasn't a deer. It was definitely like upright yeah. and tall. And Did he have a hat bird. on? I, I think he did. Oh my god! Um, Dude, I did not hear anything, but that's crazy. Yeah. I think we're just no. There's no way, no. There's no way that this hard time video is actually doing this. Nope, nope, nope. It didn't move. It just it was it was staying still. But I didn't want to go over to find out. I was like, come on, Ralph, let's move. I don't want to stick around. <laughs> Not happening. Right. So, I i mean, it didn't follow me. I'm still here. Well, with that being said, how about <laughs> renting more movies next week? Yeah, why not? Let's do it. <laughs> let's, let's do it. Why not? I'm still not convinced. So, yeah. All right. All right, everyone. Well, thanks for listening. Hey, have a good night, everyone. There's a bellhop that's an obsessive compulsive packer of guest suitcases when he gets angry. So that's, I guess, helpful, but kind of scary. So like he, <laughs> so like if I had my shirt on the ground, he would just pick it up and fold it and put it, and in put it into my suitcase. Yeah, if you if you pissed him off. I piss him off. I don't want to piss him off, but like if I was going to be haunted by someone, like. Be great, right? But who gets who, clean it up? Who, <laughs> I'm so angry. I'm going to pack this suitcase. Oh, I'm gonna put these shirts and socks away. Oh, I'll show you. I'll show you. I'm gonna fold this up nicely. <laughs> Your suitcase is gonna be so organized. <laughs> oh, you'll rule I'm the day to... when you see the organization of this suitcase. <laughs> Like, no, no, you're not. You are not a doctor. You did not go to school for that. You you can't just make, you can't just say you're a doctor. Yep, I'm a doctor. Yeah, I feel that was, I'm a pilot. I'm going to go, I'm going to go fly in a minute here. I feel like back, I feel like back in the day, it was fairly easy to get, uh, get away with, um, saying I'm a doctor. Yeah. Just give someone cocaine and like, (laughs) there you go. (laughs) Mixed with like, you know, a blueberry it's like oh yeah this will cure you you'll feel better in no time like, like, what <laughs> no oh no God. like uh like those freaking people on the wagons that had like their yeah their exactly. remedies or whatever yeah, that's you, what i'm yeah, saying yeah i got oh a little rattlesnake venom mixed with some cocaine and i'll cheer you up right away <laughs>